I'm Danny. And I'm Damika. And we're biracial unicorns. <clears throat> the Minisode! Minnesota time. <laughs> How's like, it going? It's good. It's good. I, you know what? I really missed you today. So I'm so, so glad that we're doing this because I had a bowl of like fake onion soup. Of course it's food yeah, related. Yeah. I really <laughs> attach people to food. And I'm just like, you know who would really like this soup? Danny. <laughs> it's true. It's, I mean, it's probably true. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, yep. It was a, a, a nice onion soup. The vegetable onion yeah. soup, and it was very nice. Um, Tamika. Yes. Happy Mother's Day. Aww, shut up. I hate you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I didn't think that I didn't think that was gonna like induce tears but I think it's really sweet I think it's so weird I've been a mom for seven years and I still don't think it's for me so I'm like Mm. getting my sister-in-law who just had a baby make sure my mother-in-law girl you always make sure that mother-in-law make sure she has got like a card and a gift make sure my mom it still like really throws me off guard when people wish that to me is that lame no I mean I feel like so much of adulthood is not realizing how much of an adult you are. So I <laughs> imagine that motherhood is like a similar vein. It's, it's like, oh, wait, I'm a mom. Yeah. It's so, you know, it's also super weird because I'm just like, Danny and I are recording. I have to make sure that I appreciate her as an educator because it's Teacher Appreciation Week. So in my mind, I had like teacher appreciation in my mind was like, I have to make sure to let her know I appreciate her and the sacrifice and what she's doing to the young minds. But I just like, I, that it caught me off guard. So that's why. Thank you. You're welcome. Aww. In honor of Mother's Day, I'm bringing it for this week's mini-sode. So many people associate today's topic with a very different holiday. Mm. But I think there's no (laughs) denying that a big part of the film is a relationship between mother and son. Mm. It's It's classic Mother's Day worst nightmare. This week, we will be talking for 10 minutes about the 1990 classic Home Alone (gasps) and the mother, Kate McAllister. (laughs) So first of all, can I just give it up for the 90s mom? 90s mom is... I like there are so many good 90s moms and so many bad 90s moms exactly and they're normally like in the same breath I think there's a reason why there were so many like um like Mr. Mom and then there was another one Mm. where um where's the one where the woman like inherited to baby she was the adamant businesswoman and a cousin died and she just inherited a, a baby. Well, that sounds familiar, but I, I don't like remember. Like three men and a baby. So they had yeah. all these men characters that would be thrown into this motherhood and they the whole thing was it was so hard, right? And they would flower. Right. And that was the whole thing. But it's like that was women's reality. And so then when women had to also play that role, they had to play like hyper business, almost masculine, assertive roles, but yet still feminine. Mm. So for the TV 90s mom and movies and sitcoms, y'all were pulling double duty. Like, because it was, that was probably the strongest emphasis of like, you have to have something for your own, but yet Mm. you still need to make that bologna sandwich because it has a first name. 
And you need to know what that name is in order to be a good mom. And it was so transparent in movies. And I felt that so much with Miss McAllister. I felt that in my bones that she was just just trying to do right by her super suburban nightmare of a family. <laughs> oh my god. Is that in that movie? That house? Girl. What 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 are their jobs? Girl. So every <laughs> obviously every Christmas we watch this and I feel like every holidays for the last three that we've been doing this we have to talk about Home Alone cuz it's such a staple. Always. And yeah. every time it is so basic of me. It's like you know that dad joke when you walk by like uh, or drive by a field and they all go look. Look, hey. Every time I watch that movie I'm like that house. To this day, in 2021, so many things are outdated, but I still am like, girl, that house, you know that house put them in debt. <laughs> the 90s were a very different time, Tamika. They were, and it was a, and it was about excess. It was about the phone mm. being in the car. It was about living on credit. It was about a little living outside your mind. They were taking what, 19 children to... How many, yeah, how many children was it? And how... So the last time I watched it, mm-hmm. I tried very intentionally to be like, okay, these are the children of this mm-hmm. this family, and these are the children of this family. But it's so confusing. Like, I'm sure there was internal logic to it, but I was like, ugh. But I felt for it, too, because I, I have a very big extended family. Like, none of the families within my family have, like, that many kids, but there's, like, so many of us mm-hmm. that it's like, you know, a family get together is like 50 people every time. So I think even though obviously never even been in a house like that, um, <laughs> Girl. it was in some ways very relatable. Mm-hmm. And for me, I am I am the middle of my generation mm-hmm. of um, the cousins. So there are the older cousins. There are the younger cousins. And then there's me with a four-year gap on either side. So I'm like the only one who's my age. So I kind of like, I feel for Kevin. Mm. Even though he's like young, he's not the youngest, right? Like he, He doesn't have a group in that movie, which is how he was the one left behind, I think. Exactly. Well, I think that's even how it's portrayed. He saw like some cousins were really getting together. And then like the little ones obviously still needed the adults. And so he had that that angstiness, that separation um, to where... At eight. <laughs> yeah! But I think eight was such an interesting way because she even talked about it of let him just kind of like growing up, like pack your own suitcase. There's that yeah. really weird transition going in from the single digits to double to where all of a sudden you've had everything done for you and like that, you're expected to have these expectations of taking care of yourself. He's like, I've never packed a suitcase. And like, like I said, the, the mom in that it's, uh, there's a lot of people said I could never forget my child. And of course we all want to say that, but what you exactly said was so right. Like trying to figure out who's who, how many times have we all watched that movie? They were instilling the chaos. It's crazy. She had this unreal expectation and we already know travels like stressful. Yeah, you know, and so it was just it was just nuts. She had that power haircut. She was living in that trench coat. But you know what I loved about her is that in the beginning of the movie, she has these expectations. They're going to France, trying to keep it all together. But I love that she lost her shit trying to get to her kid. Mm, Yeah, yeah. It all fell apart for her. And like, she was determined. Mm -hmm. 
And I respect her, Peter, her husband, right, Peter? Yeah. Um, he, he like really tried to be like, no, come on, let's go, go back. We'll, we'll figure it out. And she's just like, not happy. Uh, yeah. She's like, no, he's my son. <laughs> like, I am not, I am not, I have to do every single thing I can. Exactly. To get back to my kid. She literally, she was like in the back of a van with musicians, which as an artist, that's not a place for a good suburban woman to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love, I love that she got messy. She was on the phone. She was, you know, irate. And of course, I can't help but just been like, had that been a brown mom, any of the story would be very different. But right. for for this, I love the particular actress. She got it. She knew where the persona of how she perceived was no longer relevant, as opposed to just getting to her son. And even the reaction when they first see each other, it was still like, just so elated to see him like nothing else mattered in that moment and i think that's why some people we just got done with all the ridiculousness right all this the the comedy and the the drama and what was supposed to be the actual the the conflict right like that's supposed to be what Mm -hmm. it is he's home alone and these burglars trying to get it but what i actually found really beautiful was that subtext of conflict between him and his mother of her just being like i really do love my child because I don't think he is the youngest of the group, but that's her youngest. Yeah. And so that was a moment of actually seeing him in his littleness and his youth and like just in that brief, brief moment, the snow's falling and cue the yeah. choir music. It the is, music, yeah. Uh, it's too much. It was it was super We I think in many ways, like you you see the exchange earlier in the movie between her and Kevin oh. and he's like, I I like, I hate you. I wish my family would disappear. I wish you didn't have a family. Like, all those things. And, like, I don't know. Being, like, being a kid watching it, you're like, yeah! Like, <laughs> like you're totally, like, on the kid's side, 100%. Um, but as an adult, you're like, oh, my God. Like, you start to think of her more as a human. Yes. And you're like, ouch. That, like... That wounds me just hearing him say that to you for you. It's so weird because when I was younger, I never like to him, I was like, I would have got my ass whooped if I would have said that. I would just be like, Like, you don't say those things out loud. You don't say them out loud, Kev. And so it was like that. You're supposed to, he's supposed to be the hero, but you're totally right. That's there was this moment where you switch and you just go, like, oh, dang, she just puts you in the attic. A nice attic, by the way. I'm like, I would sleep in, like, I wish that attic was my room. Yes, I would take that attic right now. Right now. <laughs> I'm just saying, and it's so hard, like, the older I get to just been like, this poor little rich boy. Like, the fact that they didn't even get child services called on them once. I know it was a different time, but I don't, do we even mention the second one? That the fact that this happened not once, but twice? But twice? Oh my god. <laughs> So everything I said, girl, you know, I, if I was her friend, if I was the mom's friend, I'd be like, Hey, look, girl, I'm, I'm going to say first, I'm sorry. You might need to examine your priorities. (laughs) Right. I would be really hard pressed to give her empathy or any kind of sympathy the second time ago. I'm like, your subconscious is trying to tell you something. I'm like, why are you even booking these early morning flights anymore? Can we get down to the root issue? Can we get down to what the root causes? I love it. I'm like, uh, girls and flights. I don't 
y'all are not going to get that many people. I don't even know why you would ever travel in a pack like that ever again. Like, like everyone just manage your own shit. Yes, we will. <laughs> we will meet you there. <laughs> and I guess they're the only ones in Chicago, and everyone's coming to Chicago to fly out of Chicago. Perhaps it's the thing, but I'm just like, no, no. No, no, it's too big of a group. How yeah. about we go to someone else's house and meet at their house? Like, mm-hmm. it's obviously this place is cursed. This is probably stolen land. This is obviously up north. Somewhere. I mean, it is <laughs> stolen, stolen land. land. So it's like, let's. It's obviously not working for us. Let's meet somewhere else, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, th- that's our time. But I do want to like just give a little bit of s- extra space for just Catherine O'Hara in general oh. is so great. Like She's I will watch such... her in anything. <laughs> oh, a Beetlejuice. Yeah, and and I love that because Beetlejuice yes. was like the year before, yeah. or something. Yeah. It was very close, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that was a completely different sort of mother character, mm-hmm. the stepmother who's indifferent, totally narcissistic, and self absorbed. Like, and she played that role beautifully too. I know, I know. I don't know if you got a chance to. I watched Shit's Creek really late in the game. I haven't, but I hear that I really should, and I was not super on board with it until I found out she was in it, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh. I should watch it. Girl, same. And the thing is, like I said, it's got it's got pros. I enjoy it. It's just it's very it's easy watching. I don't think it's gonna blow your mind. And I love that Dan Levy, the main character, he's like writing this world of where homophobia doesn't exist and what that looks mm. like. And then for that, I was like, yes, this is delicious. It's delightful. Um, it was like that perfect thing of like the world's really hard. I just need something easy. But Miss, oh. Hera, she just knows how to embody a character. I know in some of her older films where she was with uh, Dan Libby's father's name, Eugene Libby, and mm-hmm. they had been in countless movies. She just has a way of character acting where you just, it's, it, they have their own language, body movement, dialect. She is just classic. You, you just get sucked into it. You, you ship her. You just believe her and a, amazing actress. I know you've talked recently about your comedy geekdom and your your improv love, and that's like her background. Oh, that's yeah. her that's her origin, really, as far as performance. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's she's great. She's a and Canadian princess, isn't she? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's she's incredible. Any any final thoughts on Kate McAllister or Home Alone? It will always be a classic. I will always love it. Check all the rooms before you go on vacation. And power shoulders are hard to carry. Every, every mm. Power shoulders were hard for women. So keep up the fight, sister. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> if you if you got you to gotta drive in a snowstorm with a polka band. Yeah. With who, if John Candy's in there. I'm probably going to be in there anyway. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think her and uh, Catherine O'Hara and John Candy were like old friends. It wouldn't surprise me. Like come up together in the comedy world. And I think that that was like a lot of fun for them to shoot. And I think it really reflects in the movie. It's like one of the best parts of the movie. Like the Canadian gang runs deep. Because that's why Catherine O'Hara got onto Shit's Creek, because obviously her and Eugene, like, they just have this Canadian love, and they, the community there seems very tight, and like, yeah, they had, like, the comedy sketch scene, like, they just roll deep, and that's how they are. And it was so enjoyable and believable, and that movie is so daggone delightful. And, sh- and she carried that. She was able to play, like, a very traumatic role in a way that it did not like. 
She wasn't trying to win the Oscar for the most no. dramatic <laughs> She just, yeah. she got it. She got it. I yeah. bought it. No, it was like a, an appropriate level of seriousness brought to the role that, so that it could be both like comedic and believable. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, she knows how to dance those lines. It's so, so, so good. All right. Catherine O'Hara, not canceled. <laughs> no, very much on, on bread. And very all, much on. Standing, standing invitation to the show. Anytime. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to invite anyone onto the show so, anytime. So not true. You know? <laughs> all right. Well, we'll be back next week with a full episode and in two weeks with another mini-sode. Find out more or contact us. All that info's in the show notes. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. Peace. Out.